Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. Groove Talk is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm going to take a couple moments here and tell you ways in which you can support the show. The easiest way in which you can support the show is just by telling people about it. Share it with your friends, share it on social media, leave comments, likes, reviews, stuff like that. It all really helps with visibility. If you leave a rating or review on your podcast listening app of choice, it helps us break through those evil algorithms and reach as many glorious listeners as we possibly can. Whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of it helps. So whichever, whatever you're listening on, leave a rating and review. It helps the show immensely. If you would like to support the show monetarily, you can do so by visiting our Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash fsproductions. The minimum amount that you can donate is $1 per month, and every dollar does help. If you do donate that minimum amount, uh, you gain unedited, ad-free, early access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. The more you donate, the cooler rewards you do get. There's $3 tier, $5 tier, etc., etc. Thank you. To everybody who is currently donating to the show through our Patreon page, it means a lot. Like I said, every dollar does help, and all the money that we do receive through our Patreon page goes back into the podcast. Uh, it helps us by hosting, by better gear, more microphones, and it helps us support the local communities that this podcast is about. I will have a link to our Patreon page in the episode notes, so if you would like to check it out, just go there and click on it, and yeah, give it a look, and if you would like to donate, it's much appreciated. Again, thank you to all the people who currently donate. It means a lot, and you are the true heroes here. If you're fans of the show, consider signing up for our monthly newsletter. You can do that at fsproductions.ca. It's the first thing that you're going to see when you visit the website. You type in your email and you hit subscribe, and you are subscribed to the monthly newsletter. The newsletter comes out on the first Monday of every month. While you're at fsproductions.ca, check out the website. There's lots of supplementary material that goes along with the podcast there's articles and stuff like that and all the podcasts do get posted at fsproductions.ca so check it out there's lots of cool stuff there there's also an online store so if you're looking to get a t-shirt or a mug or some cool merch like that consider buying through our online store again that really helps the podcast grow really though you are doing the best thing that you can to support the show and that is just listening to it so thank you to all the dear listeners out there who continue to listen to the podcast so thank you very much and i hope that you continue to listen on this episode of groove talk i am joined by brian schaefer Brian Schaefer is the owner of the School of Rock Music School 
on 17th Ave here in Calgary. I had a lot of fun talking with Brian. It was really cool to learn about School of Rock. Um, We talk about performance-based music education, which is what School of Rock is, which means they don't just teach you how to play an instrument, but they teach you basically everything you need to know about being in a band, which is really cool. Um, We also talk about the kind of youth music scene here in Calgary and what we can all do to help improve that because the, the, the young people of today who are learning music are going to be the bands that you can go see tomorrow. So more opportunities for youth musicians in the city is better for everybody. So we talk about that and we talk all about School of Rock. It was, like I said, it was really cool to just kind of find out how it operates and how it got started and all that kind of stuff. It was a really interesting conversation. If you or somebody that you know is interested in maybe attending the School of Rock, uh, I have a link to their website and all their social media is in the episode notes. So you can check that out. Uh, Maybe it's a fit for you. Maybe it's the thing that you've been missing in your life. I don't know, but it does seem really cool, and it is a really cool thing, and it was really cool to see Brian get excited about uh, youth music education, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I did recording it, and I hope that you learn something about performance-based music education here in Calgary. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great day. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this episode, I am joined by Brian Schaefer, and he is the owner of School of Rock on 17th Avenue. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, of course. Um, So just to get started, why don't we tell the audience a little bit about yourself and also the organization? Yeah, I've been involved with the school now. We're going into our fourth summer, and... uh, I, I came across the opportunity um, from traveling in the United States. I was at an outdoor event and uh, I saw this awesome kid band play and I hadn't heard of School of Rock prior to that. And then after I saw them play, you know, they announced them as School of Rock. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. You know, I've heard of the movie. I know a little bit about the brand. Um, and then that's where the, the business opportunity kind of came on my radar um, prior to that, I was a business owner and an entrepreneur for many years in oil and gas and other industries and wanted to change. Yeah. Love music. I'm not a musician myself. One of the first questions I asked when I looked at this as a business is, do you need to be a musician to run the business? And they said, no, you need to know how to run a business. <laughs> you can hire musicians, right? You can hire. And that's what I've done. I've surrounded myself with an awesome team of professional musicians who teach the kids how to play and perform in bands and so on. So um 
and I just run, you know, the daily operations of the business. And um, so, yeah, it was a combination of me um, looking for a new opportunity, seeing, you know, seeing something that didn't exist in, in the Calgary marketplace, and then just bringing together sort of my love for music and my entrepreneurial spirit. And I actually have kids of my own that were also in the program. So just a combination of those things. It was the perfect time, I thought, to, to launch this business in Calgary. Yeah, awesome. And I think that that's a... Uh, a lot of creative people, you know, musicians and stuff, they don't necessarily know how to operate businesses and stuff like that. So it is good that you kind of have that business background. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business, right? You know, yeah. you got to make money. You got to keep customers happy. You know, it's it's a service-based business. We are offering, you know, uh, obviously lessons in a school environment to, to kids. So we have to make sure we're doing it you know, very well, very safe, very professionally. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we keep the lights on, we pay the bills. So that's my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so why do you think something like this is important for Calgary? Really, you know, we, you know, there's lots of taglines to our business and, you know, I like to say we, you know, we're saving rock and roll one kid at a time. It's, it's a number of things. It's, it's, you know, keeping rock music alive. It's, giving kids an opportunity to play uh, on stage in bands that never existed before in a real formal way. Mm. Um, and then, you know, just the idea of, of another way to learn how to play music that, that didn't, again, didn't exist before, you know, a non-traditional, non-sort of formal conservatory uh, approach to music that's fun and, and, and kids really... Uh, know enjoy the the way we do things um and how we teach it's a very unique method and i think again something that was lacking in the marketplace and i think we're changing the way music education is is done these days yeah no i i would definitely agree like it's not something that i saw when i was growing up you know uh, a dedicated music school that would go and play at some shows, you know, outdoor festivals and stuff like that. And it, it does give them that kind of live experience that uh, any other kind of music program would seem to lack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's sort of in the root of what we do as a, you know, in the way we teach music. It's called performance-based music education, mm -hmm. which basically means the whole reason why you're learning to play an instrument and why you're learning to play a song and a complete song from start to finish, not a bunch of little refs, riffs, you know, um, is that you're going to be performing those songs live on stage in a short period of time. Usually three months is our show season. Um, yeah, that's the way we teach with that intent in mind. So kids get very, very good, very fast. They're very focused. They're very motivated. And just being part of a band is a completely new experience for a lot of kids. And then the reward of all their hard work and being in the band, of course, is the killer shows that we put on and some of the awesome venues that we get to play at. It's amazing, these kids on stage. And yeah, we hear that all the time. Parents saying, man, I wish this was around when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. Didn't exist when I was a kid, you know. I had to cobble together a few friends and we'd jam in the basement, but, you know, never got these opportunities. There's even some adults uh, that have kids that are in their own bands and have said, I, you know, I've been playing in band for 30 years and I never, I've never played at the King Eddie. Well, our kids have. I've never played at the Palace. Well, our kids have. So, just yeah i mean the parents want want you know want what their what their kids have um and the beauty of that actually is we do have an adult program too so the oh. parents can get involved as well too once they see their kids up there they're going i want to do this so, <laughs> yeah we serve it to parents as well absolutely that's awesome uh so i guess what what has the response in calgary been like to you bringing this program into calgary 
Pretty, pretty amazing, I must say. I mean, um, you know, I think a good majority of the early success we had was the location. I picked a really, really key location in Killarney, very central, you know, Beltline, easy to get to from multiple communities close by. Um, you know, 17th Ave, busy street. I mean, the, the, the day I signed the lease, I put up a sign, you know, a big banner saying School of Rock coming soon. Here's the, you know, website and the phone number. I had enrollments before we even opened. Mm. Um, I was doing some sort of pre-construction tours and stuff. And because, yeah, like I said, nothing like it existed. So people would go to the School of Rock website, see the videos of the kids playing and go, wow, this is neat. This is unique. So we did really well. In fact, my first year of being open, in 2016, I won an award by the franchise for Rookie of the Year, which for that meant for all the schools that opened that year, I had the highest enrollment. I had over 100 students my first, less than a year, about my first eight months, which oh, wow. was sort of record-breaking for the time when we opened. So I definitely proved that there was a need for it, and it was a really, uh, you know, very positive response when we first opened. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, how many how many school of rocks are there across Canada then? Well, they're they're sort of constantly popping up. They're yeah. on a pretty strong growth. We were the fifth location in Canada. There were three in Ontario okay. that were opened before we came along. Winnipeg opened shortly before I did. I think they're about six months ahead of us. So I went to Winnipeg's grand opening and just kind of got a sense of help support them when they opened. Then we opened in Calgary. There's since been a uh, second location in Calgary and Regina. And I also know the folks that are opening up in St. John's, uh, Newfoundland of all places. And then also an owner that's getting started in Vancouver. So officially we have seven locations in, in Canada and a, and a bunch more on the way. Um, so yeah, this is growing. You know, Canada's not doesn't have the population density of some of these major cities in the in the U.S. that have five or six schools like Chicago or something. Yeah. So um, you know, there's there's not a need for as many schools in each market, but um, you know, it's starting to catch on. And I'm hoping my goal is that these will be right across Canada, and then we can do a cross Canada tour with our kids <laughs> and hit every school. You know, Vancouver, and then right across and go all the way out to, to Ontario. That would be awesome if yeah. we could do that at some point. Yeah, that would be cool because then it would also add kind of another aspect of that band life you know <laughs> on the tour bus yeah yeah see what it's like to be a real touring uh, touring band yeah yeah <laughs> so how how do you guys go about uh getting your your instructors then yeah the interesting thing about uh, again i think it had to do with our location is i had instructors coming to me also before we opened our doors saying hey you know because because the interesting thing, <clears throat> excuse me, about the community where the school is located, a lot of <laughs> instructors live in the area. So I had a lot of instructors drive by and say, hey, I saw your sign. Either, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a gigging musician and I'm looking to do, do some more teaching or teach for the first time or just give back to the music community. You know, um, I have I've had teachers come from other like, um, you know, places where they teach. Um, so initially I had a pretty, pretty good interest. You know, I was able to get my entire staff like starting without really having to promote a whole lot. Like I said, they sort of came to me, um, and it's grown obviously, you know, when I first opened, I think I had four instructors right off the bat. I now have a dozen, right? So it's mm -hmm. growing and the instructors that have been with me the longest, they start to refer, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, most of my instructors are in bands. They're, you know, real live gigging musicians. So once they get in and start doing their thing and love School of Rock, they start recommending all their friends or all their bandmates and said, hey, you looking for a vocal instructor? My lead singer, he'd be perfect, you know? So now, again, just because we've been at it for a while, we've got a pretty good 
you know, reputation in the marketplace, uh, instructors come to me and say, hey, you know, if you're looking for a guitar instructor, love to get involved. I've seen what you guys do. So I'm not having to go out and do much heavy recruiting anymore for instructors. Most of my instructors stick around. There's not a huge turnover anyways, but just based on growth and other things, instructors move away. Some instructors go on tour for months at a time, so I lose them. So I'm not doing a, a ton of, of massive hiring or recruiting, but now it's just, just word of mouth. And I, and I always get referrals from my uh, current instructors, which is the best way to, to hire, right? So yeah. it's yeah. worked out great. Awesome. And that's, I, I guess that kind of adds like, again, another element to it is it's not just a, it's like now kind of like a mentorship almost for these, some of these kids, I'm sure. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think again, that's why I hire, you know, uh, instructors who have made their living being musicians, right. Or are, are still attempting to make a living as a yeah. musician. Right. That's what they teach the kids. That's what they bring to it. Right. It's one thing to have an instructor that can teach you how to strum a guitar, but have you lived the life of being, uh, you know, a real rock star, being on stage, you know, going on tour, schlepping gear, setting things up, playing to, you know, very small crowds, playing to large crowds. So, yeah, there's a huge component of of life experience that these instructors, that's why I, I prefer to hire, you know, real life um, gigging musicians, yeah. you know, as opposed to, say, somebody that maybe just came out of school um, that has no life experience as a as a musician. So that's the uh, route I choose. And yeah, and that's what, because that's what we're teaching the kids at the end of the day. We're sure we're teaching them how to play guitar, but we're also teaching them how to perform on stage, how to be in a band, what it's like to go on tour, what it's like to, you know, all of those aspects, which only comes from people that have actually done it, been there, done that, lived it, right? Mm-hmm. Or are still living it, as a matter of fact. So yeah. so yeah, that's the best, I think, experience that you can bring to, to what we do mm-hmm. from these guys. Cool. So, uh, is it is it kind of? Do you guys teach any kind of genre that the kids may be interested in, or do you focus on certain genres of music? Or, well, I mean, rock is pretty broad, obviously, yeah. and we do try to mix it up all the time. I mean, there's a handful of kids that if we they had their way, we'd just be doing nothing but metal, right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, just to give you an example of the current show season that we're in, we have four shows. That's because the the age group that we're doing there, there's 45 kids, right? So we split them into four different bands and and they sign up for what what show they want to be in and what genre they're interested in. Mm. And we try to have a wide swath of genres. So one of the shows we're doing is Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest. So that appeases to the metalheads. They gravitate to that right away. They sign up for that show. They love it. That's all they want to do. And, and we, we've got a show for them. But that's only a small percentage of our population. We're doing another really unique show this year, Michael Jackson versus Prince. Oh, wow. And we're actually partnering with a dance company, um, Pulse Dance Studios. And they're, and they're going to be on stage. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. Live music and dance on stage together. Oh, wow. So th- there you go. So we're going from Iron Maiden to Michael Jackson. We, we're doing another show that's called Southern Rock, which is, again, pretty broad. But we can do some blues stuff, some Southern Rock stuff. And then another one is New Wave. So we try to pick genres that are unique and, and will challenge kids, but also give them the option to choose. But it is a school at the end of the day, so we choose the curriculum. Like, we decide what these show themes are going to be, Hmm. and then they can pick from the the choices, right? So we don't just say to the kids, hey, what show do you want to do this season, right? Like, we decide, because there is a method to each show, like why we pick the show we pick, what um, educational value is it going to have, what is the show going to be like, um, you know, what venue are we going to choose based on the show, what have we done in the past? So there's there's really a lot of logic that goes into choosing the show theme. And then obviously, if the theme is, um, 
you know, like, well, we also, we've done actually album themes too. So we did Pink Floyd, The Wall, right? Oh, wow. So the songs are the songs. We're doing the entire album. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> we had props and stuff. We, that was an epic show. We basically rented the right theater um, at Mount Royal with the yeah. big screen. We had live video going while this, oh, wow. it was amazing. And this Michael Jackson show is going to be equally as large because we're doing it with a dance company. We're renting a 500 seat auditorium, like a proper seated theater and doing it lights and the whole bit it's going to be spectacular so once in a while we'll do an epic show like that and 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 part of the reason we picked that show is because it would be a cool show yeah. we did kiss right okay i mean lots of kids like kiss some don't but some just wanted to be in the show just for the the spectacle of it right the, yeah. and i said to the kids if you're doing kiss you're all in you're doing makeup you're doing costumes the whole bit so we did a kiss show so <clears throat> huge amount of variety um and we do get like you can pick within you know pick like sign up for what what but we within that genre we'll pick the songs you yeah. know and then kids um you know get assigned to songs and so on so yeah it's pretty wide widespread and because we're so large we, we offer like lots of choice each season right yeah so um that's kind of how, how it rolls but yeah there's tons of uh, options like we're already started thinking about what we're going to do for next season and we we kind of announce it um and the kids get all excited. Oh, what's going to be this year? You know, can you give us a hint or whatever? And then literally there's kids lining up outside the door when we announce it so they can sign up for the show they want. Because they, they fill up, right? We only yeah. have so many spots, right? Yeah. You know, four guitars, four drums, you know, three vocals, one keys. So especially for those like those Iron Maiden shows, those those kids that want to be in that show, they want to be in that show. So the parents are calling at 8 a.m., you know, and we, <laughs> please sign up my kid for this. So it, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, but you know there's enough variety for everybody everybody seems to love what we do and and uh we put on great shows with lots of different genres and also for the parents too right we want to give them something that they will enjoy and and uh you know resonate with them we've done 80 shows we we did a prog show mm -hmm. we've done you know uh and then some wider genres like um uh, like well, I said sort of blues, but we've also done like a British Invasion. We've done a Canadian show where it's oh, features wow. all Canadian bands, you know. So we got lots of lots of options, hundreds of options. Of course, instructors want to put in their two cents worth. Oh, we should do this type of show. We should do that type of show. So it's fun. It's a it's a cool fun, uh, process to kind of narrow that down. But um, yeah, that's kind of how uh, how it runs from season to season. Cool. That sounds that's real cool because it's not only uh, not only providing like a diverse spectrum of different genres to play in but i feel like it's also kind of educating maybe the younger generation about the music that came before them and like you know what the music that they're listening to today was kind of built off yes. of yes yes we we definitely try to do that right like i was saying about those metalheads that they're pretty you know um particular about what they want but they don't realize that you, you realize that if you go back this is what started all that right you know yeah. like that's why we're doing I think next season we might be doing one called Blues Legends, right? When you look at it, and we're talking all the way back to the beginning, Muddy Waters and stuff. Hmm. The kids need to, yeah, get a little history lesson, right? Realize that a lot of the, the bands you love today were influenced by that, the guitar players, the so on and so forth. So, yeah, and, and we believe there's education value in not playing your favorite, you know, you're not learning anything by playing your favorite songs, right? Yeah. You already know those songs. You probably walk in having played those yourself in your basement or with buddies or whatever. Yeah. So we believe there's value in learning a different genre learning a different type of guitar you know i'm playing style from blues to metal to same with drumming and stuff right or even jazz i mean we don't do jazz but we tell our our drummers learn some jazz stuff there's tons of value in being able to be a multifaceted, you know player so um 
Yeah, absolutely. We everything we do is rooted in, in in music education. So the decisions we make about shows are yeah have an educational value. We you know we say we believe this will help our students because of whatever reason a history lesson or a different style or uh, yeah all those things absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's it sounds like you're just producing like well-rounded musicians in general. Like instead of people yes. who kind of get pigeonholed into one genre, now yes. you have a well-rounded musician who can kind of fit in anywhere exactly what we teach yeah what we're trying to teach the kids you know if you're ever going to be hired as a as a musician you know a studio musician or you're going to stand in for a band or you're ever going to audition you know for for a band or something the more genres you can play the more styles you can play the better right yeah you're because you're automatically pigeonhole yourself if you know i only like this kind of music i only play this kind of music and i only want to ever be in this kind of band well you know you're very very limiting yourself right off the bat so yeah we tell tell um, our kids be yeah be versatile you know be be creative try different things it's going to only make you better as a musician and then also give you more opportunity you know if you ever go out to be a professional musician yeah yeah definitely so when you are in the I guess the the classroom is it like kind of a mix of one-on-one -on -one instruction with like kind of playing as a group or how does that kind of work? Yeah, the, the program is, is there's two parts to it. There's basically the private lesson, uh -huh. which for the older kids, you know, which is ages 12 and uh, between 12 and 18, we call that our performance program. They get a 45 minute private lesson and then they get a three hour once a week band practice, okay. right? And they really do go hand in hand because, you know, let's just use Iron Maiden for example, okay? So they're in the, in the Iron Maiden band We've chosen the, the, the eight songs, Iron Maiden songs that we're going to do. You're a guitar player. You've been assigned to four of those eight songs as a guitar player, right? So then your private lesson instructor knows what songs you're on, works with you specifically on those songs in your private lesson. Then you go home and work on them. So when you come to band practice, you're ready. You're fully prepared because band practice is band practice. It's putting the kids together. They should already all know their own individual parts. So that's rehearsal time. It's not, you know, learn your part while we stand around and wait, right? It's so, so again, we teach kids about that. So the, the, um, the, uh, rehearsal director has has good communication with the um, private lesson instructor because they're not always the same person right so we have, okay. we have one instructor running band and another instructor teaching the guitar part so they have to talk to one another so the the private lesson instructor knows what songs they're on and then if there's any issues in in the in the room in the rehearsal room oh you know um you know johnny seemed to to have missed that part in the song or that solo or he's fallen behind or he played the wrong note he can share that with the private lesson instructor they can work on it right so okay. yeah they're tightly tightly connected and that allows them to accelerate at a very rapid rate right we're not doing a lot of frivolous stuff in lesson we're, we're focusing specifically on the songs and making sure they can play those songs note perfect um in a short period of time and that's how they the, the program really integrates nicely and, and how everything works uh, so well Okay, cool. So, I guess, why why do you think that this is kind of important to Calgary's music scene? I mean, again, it's, you know, if I go back to, to my childhood and kind of where, where things have evolved for me, it's bringing back rock and roll, you know, it's, it's kids that, that love it, you know, us old, old guys that, you know, back in the day, all the music we, use, we used to listen to, it's great to see these young, young kids like liking it and 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 a, you know a, you know sort of um bringing it out to the world again so you know rock and roll's not dead it's it's alive and well in these young kids who are going to continue that on for for generations right so it's good just to see the resurgence if you will of, of live rock music 
And then just in general, being out in the public, playing shows, you know, uh, keeping the music scene alive through through young people. You know, the future is bright, I think, for music in Calgary and for, for young uh, musicians and for rock and roll in general, when you look at how many young kids are playing these days and, and being out. So, yeah, it's, it's just a win-win for, for both the music scene in Calgary, but just the genre in general, you know, that, mm. uh, you know, we know that some live music venues and particularly rock music venues are closing down and stuff. But I mean, it's good to see that it's still alive and well, and you know, we'll be around for a long time to come. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, I think that some people in the scene may forget sometimes that like these younger, younger generations and younger people are the next fans of music. They're the next people who are going to keep this music scene thriving and going when you know the the older ones make you know kind of way for them i guess that's right yeah yeah you know i'm i'm saying this is this is your next audience you know for for bars and venues these are the people that when they turn 18 will come and watch the live shows these are the people that you know uh that are going to keep music alive so so give them those opportunities you know um you know, so, so there's not enough, in my opinion, in, in Calgary, enough uh, music venues for young young kids, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a licensing thing. You either get a license to allow kids in, in, in the bar or you don't. And even if it's up till 9 o'clock, I mean, there's some restricted licenses that still work great. I mean, we do a lot of our shows on Sunday afternoons because, mm-hmm. you know, venues are empty. And, they, they you know, so they don't normally have uh, any bands playing. And so we love to go then. And also, uh, you know, it works with their licensing as long as you're out by nine o'clock, which is fine. Anyways, these are kids, right? So we're not keeping them out till two in the morning at bars anyway. Yeah, so exactly. we're happy to, you know, come in at noon, fill a place, uh, clear out by seven or eight o'clock and, and, and call it a day. And it's still a great show on a, you know, on a real, real live stage. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's because these kids, they want it. They love it. They want to be out there. And then the more opportunity we give them, the better. Better for everybody. Better for the kids and their and their development and being being out on stages. You know, better for obviously the parents to get to come see them. Better for the community because we're we're growing. You know, growing these young musicians. So yeah, it's a win win if we can get get more venues, get more kids on stages, and and we obviously being a school of rock want to kind of be the leader in that, right? Last year we held a and a Trap and Gill, unfortunately, is no longer around either. We held a, a youth mu- music festival at mm-hmm. the Trap and Gill. We rented it for the entire day. School of Rock, obviously, bands played, but then we invited any and all youth music bands that want to perform, from solo acts to original music to whatever. We just filled it the lineup. We had about uh, 15 bands come and play. Again, just to kind of, just to really organize it and run it and say, this is a, a day of youth music here to celebrate all kinds, all genres, too. It wasn't just rock music. Yeah. Um, you know, we had singer-songwriters playing acoustic guitars to full bands to you name it. So we want to sort of lead the way and um, really set the tone for hopefully the, the city and the music scene to say that, you know, youth music is alive and well. And, and here we are, you know, give us an opportunity and we'll show you some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember when I was younger um, and there were a lot of shows going on, but they were larger shows. You know what I mean? They were at Mac Hall and stuff like that or yeah. uh, the ballroom. And I feel like a lot of shows now aren't getting that kind of publicity and they're moving towards bars, which kind of makes it harder for kids to get to go and experience just live music in general and the shows that are like out there they're really expensive and kids can't afford to go to yes yeah there's that side of it yeah there's the you know can kids play but there's also can kids go right i mean i have a 17 year old daughter that loves the same kind of music i love and i'll hear that a band is playing right and i like taking her to shows right i mean it's fun for me to be there with her but also for her to experience it 
Um, and, you know, and I, I drag her to kind of bands that I like to see just to kind of, you know, um, have her experience that. But and that's the first question I ask is, oh, it's at such and such a place where it's, yeah, it's not all ages, you know, or whatever. Oh, sorry, you can't come. So, yeah, we're, we're limited. To, you know, the Grey Eagle's pretty good. They, they get some pretty premier acts and it is all ages. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of larger venues where, yeah, it's either too expensive um, or they just don't allow kids. So, yeah. and that's unfortunate because these kids, I mean, Iron Maiden, again, back to Iron Maiden, but um, it's, it's fresh in my mind just because we're doing a show right now. You know, every kid at School of Rock went to see Iron Maiden in, in, at the Saddle Dome. Um, you know, kids were allowed, but again, the parents are having to fork out some pretty big dough for them to go see, see a band like that. So yeah. it's just accessibility, right? More, more shows, more, you know, quality acts in venues that kids can go and kids can afford to go to is, is, is key. Yeah. Because the more they can see it, experience it, you know, it's just, it's better for them too. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, and I've, I've had a couple of like youth bands on the podcast before and that's you know one of their biggest things is like we just don't have anywhere to play really you know there's only so many bars that we can play at and you know it's just hard to as a youth band to kind of make any headway in the music scene yeah and that's the problem the places that we can, that they can play are pretty small too yeah. right i mean they're okay you know the blues can as great as a as a venue that is and they've been super supportive it is small we can't do school of rock shows at the blues can it's too small mm. the kind of venues that we need for the kind of shows that we do with the number of bands we have has to be at least a 300 seat uh, venue and and I'm, when i say seats i mean parents like to come and you know and sit down and have a meal and some food and, and you know and some drinks and bring siblings and stuff so it has to be kind of you know, family friendly atmosphere, but then from from the the stage, we want a real stage with real sound and real authentic and you know um, and quality um, you know show that we put on. Um, the King Eddie's been real good as well, but again, same thing, pretty small. So yeah. you can only you know the, the 150 people. So so kids are are really that's the, the size of crowds they're playing to, right? Just because those are the venues that allow kids and yeah. So larger venues, obviously. Um, other festivals and things you know where, where we get on some bigger stages and some larger crowds is when we're able to play some outdoor stuff some festivals um school of rocks had access to a few of those and we've been lucky in that regard but those are kind of few and far between right we get maybe one a summer hmm. um, and it's a pretty unique experience that others don't don't have access to so again that's just a fairly limiting thing right hmm. well i mean like yeah even uh <coughs> You're basically giving access to these kids that some musicians in the city don't even get access yes. to, you know. So. Yes, yes, I know. That's what I was saying. Parents are jealous of their, uh, you know, of their kids, or they're like, "Wow, yeah, I, you know, I play music and I've never been on a stage like this." So, yeah. so there are some. Yeah, I mean, having said that, you know, that I wish there was more. There are some pretty unique opportunities that we get. Yeah. Um, you know, not school at rock, but but just the, our youth in general that yeah that we're pretty lucky like for instance we just played at the gray cup festival both school of rocks played at the gray cup festival oh, okay. down at stampede grounds yeah you know middle of the day but you know what a, what an opportunity right to be on that on that outdoor stage beautiful outdoor stage there at the gray cup festival we played on friday night and or friday afternoon and saturday um crowds are getting larger as the weekend went on but but a huge opportunity on a beautiful big stage fully supported by the stampede you know, nice crowds from out of town. So it was really good exposure. Both School of Rock bands got to play. We had like a two-hour set. So it was a really, really great experience. And, you know, we want more of those types of things. We were lucky. 
that, you know, somebody, uh, part of the stampede organization that was kind of running the event, you know, had, we've done some stuff in the past, the Coca-Cola stage. So they recognized us and known that what we have done. So they invited us, but that's kind of invite only and a special thing. It's not like it's a full day of youth music or anything. Right. So, so there's, there's a few of those happening, but like I said, they're great opportunities. We appreciate it. It's just, they're few and far between. And I wish there was more and I wish there was more for other people, not just school of rock exclusive because we know somebody I wish, more bands could could uh, youth bands on those kinds of stages could have those opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Is it usually is it people reaching out to you guys, or are you reaching out to kind of have, a little, little bit of both? Yeah, I th- like I said, I think we've been in in the in the city long enough and played in enough places that we do have a bit of a reputation that you know we put on a pretty quality rock show wherever we go. So I have sort of some standing gigs that come up every year where we play the same kind of places that they just call me up and say, hey, you want to do this again? Sure. Like we do Lilac Fest and we do um, the Inglewood Night Market and we do the, you know, Marteloupe Mardi Gras. So those are kind of in the summertime is when we're most busy with shows, outdoor shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, we do the CJ92 Kids Fun Bike Rally every year. That's an awesome event that we that we do outdoors. So those are kind of standing things that we do yearly. And then we have other groups and organizations like the the Great Cup Festival that that contact us. I'm not really out heavily promoting, you know. Hey, we got these kids, you know. Um, every now and then, you know, like the King Eddie, because they have sort of a rotating schedule. I'll, I'll reach out to them and say, hey, you know, if you've got any, uh, you know, if you're doing like a youth day, a band day, or whatever, let us know. We did a couple at the King Eddie, and, and yeah, and some. So um, it's it's a combination of both, I guess. People that know us that kind of book us. Um, I'm certainly, you know, trying to promote the school and the kids and give them more opportunities. So I'll make the odd phone call. The, my latest kind of um, endeavor is the back alley, right? Yeah. We all know that the back alley recently reopened. Yeah, I'm super excited about that because I spent a few few nights there yeah. in my youth, and uh, I, the first thing I thought of is cool. They're going to bring back live music. So first of all, it's a new venue, live music, which is great. If you know, hopefully they'll they'll survive and then my second thought is can we get those kids on this stage right it's an iconic stage kids probably don't understand or appreciate the history of it all but yeah we certainly do as parents you know so the that's actually a conversation i'm gonna have as soon as i can with the new owners and say hey we've got school at rock with these kids we'd love to get them on your stage how how can we make it work right so uh and i don't know if they're all ages if they're going to support that if they want that or whatever in a couple of different scenarios, one, if you have a, a big band that's playing, we'll open up for them or something, you know, or maybe you can play earlier in the day. Or two, we'll rent out the entire facility and do a full School of Rock show there. Like yeah. there's, so there's lots of different options. But yeah, I'd love to get our kids on that on that stage. Or maybe we do another like youth festival, you know, where other bands come, not just School of Rock. So mm. lots of options. But the venue really has to be supportive, right? They have to say, yeah, we'd love to have you guys. You know, we know you bring big, big, big bring big crowds and we know that you know you'll fill a place on a day where maybe we're not open or we're slow yeah which we would do um so they have to be supportive of it they have to love what we do they have to you know uh think that it's a it's a win for their business and then and then sky's the limit to the different types of relationships we could have the different types of shows we can do it's a large enough venue to really support anything we want to do so i'm excited hopefully we can work with them yeah i mean it just it seems like a a win-win kind of situation here like if you do say, yeah, open up for a band, you're going to be bringing out a larger crowd probably to that show than would have otherwise been there, you know, just because of, you know, family members and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's, you know, I think that's the advantage of us playing at a venue, especially if we do a full school of rock show. Um, we'll bring, you know, close to 400 people mm-hmm. that maybe have, would not otherwise go to that 
venue, right? So that, you know, they go there to see their kid. They, they oh, wow, this is a cool place. I'm going to come back. I'm going to, you know, bring my friends. I'm going to see another band here or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's good exposure for a venue, especially a new venue. Um, and then obviously it's good exposure for the band being on stage and yeah. And then, and then those crowds that we, that we bring, yeah, that, like you say, would not otherwise come to that show perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, it is, it is a win-win for the venue. It's good for our kids. Definitely. What, so what are kind of the, the, the kids reactions when they get to play some of these larger shows? Oh, they're, they're super excited. I mean, that, like I said, I think. The biggest, I guess, venue and stage that we've played on, we've played at the Bella Theater, and like I said, the Wright Theater, but we played, we got to play at the Palace, yeah. which was pretty amazing. That was our last June show. Um, and yeah, that was just amazing. And a lot of the kids have actually been to shows there. Again, that's another venue that's not typically an all ages venue, but some of the kids have been to some of the shows, you know, some of the ones that are maybe all ages, but they know of the bands that have played on this stage, right? Just like the South Schools played at the Coca-Cola stage. They're like, we're on the same stage as such and such a band or whatever, right? They just, they just love the idea. And they have like, and these real rock venues have like a green room and stuff, right? So the yeah. kids get to hang out in the green room <laughs> and sort of the same reaction with like the King Eddie and, you know, even the Blues Can. I mean, these iconic venues that have had some of the, you know, um, real famous, you know, bands play. So they love it. I mean, obviously the stage and the size and the sound and the spectacle of it all but also just the fact that oh you know like monster truck for example i know they played uh, the palace not too long before we played there and they were like oh monster truck we're open up for monster truck well not exactly but still <laughs> you're on the same stage as them it's kind of cool we get to hang out at the same green room as them yeah you know and the coca-cola stage same thing we're backstage you know yeah um whatever bands were that that were there last summer they're like yeah we hung out in the same place played on the same stage as you know yeah. so it's it's great they love it i mean and like i said uh, places that a lot of bands don't get to play. Like the 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 GM of the Palace at the time was saying that there's bands that would kill to get an, a real you know real professional touring bands that would kill to get on the Palace stage. They they can't. So we're so lucky, and you know, and the kids have to understand and appreciate. They do appreciate this opportunity because it doesn't come around every day. And once you're not like with School of Rock and you're out there and you're graduated and you're trying to make a go of it, yeah. you know, it can be hard. <laughs> it can be hard pressed to get on that. Same stage again for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. it'd be something pretty, pretty special to get on the palace stage, right? So. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, do do a lot of kids who do go to the school of rock? Do you see them forming their own bands, own bands once they do graduate? Or oh, for sure. I mean, some of our most ambitious kids, which are the kids that are in our house band, which is like our all star band. So you take the top. 10 or 12 musicians within our school at that age group. Yeah. And, and we put a, a band together, like we call it our house band. Some of those kids already have their own bands, like yeah. on the side. Like, that's what I mean. They want more. Some of them are in two shows. So they, they rehearse three hours twice a week. They're in our house band. They have their own bands. And some of their own bands are doing writing original music. And they're out touring, not like, touring, but, you know, doing, doing, doing a few shows wherever they can in and around Calgary. So, yeah, I mean, some of them, the, the super ambitious ones that are younger, they're already doing it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, on a very small scale, obviously. And again, the same the same challenges when you're out there trying to get your own band going is the places you can play and the opportunities that are presented are, are few and far between. But yeah, so so a lot of these young kids that are super ambitious, they don't wait till they're, they're done. They're doing it now already. <laughs> and again, these are the kids that just, you know, like I said, they can't get enough. They, you know. They, they're not necessarily doing other activities. They're not sports kids or anything. It's just school and music, and that's it. And some of them, on top of all of that, are also in their school bands, yeah. you know? It's concert bands or jazz band or whatever. Yeah, they're just, you know, seven days a week music. 
Yeah. Um, some of them take lessons at School of Rock, and they're also taking lessons with some other, you know, professionals out in the industry. And it's they're just yeah, they just can't get enough. So it's amazing. And you see these kids, and you think, like I said, you think, wow, this is this is a good future here. These kids are super motivated and really talented, and have a great work ethic, right? So I mean, they're they're going to be successful in whatever they do. But but those are the kids that are in our house band. Those kids that just eat, live, eat, and breathe music, and they love it, and they'll take any opportunity to play anywhere, anyhow, any stage. Yeah. And um, yeah, so see, it's happening now. Yeah, on a on a pretty small scale, but we're we're starting to see that already for sure. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like again, just I wish that like these kind of opportunities were available to me when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, as much as I say, you know, the opportunities are limited for youth here in town. I mean, like I said, they're 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 pretty much finding everything that does exist. You know, another thing that we do is we host a, a youth jam. So on Monday nights at the Blues Can, they they do like an open mic a youth jam or whatever, right? Where okay. it's basically all all kid bands, right? So a school of rock sponsored it and we we had our house band play so we'd come and and open up the the evening sort of and play half a dozen songs or whatever and then any hey anybody else in the audience want to come up and jam with us or you got your own band or whatever and there's and there's some of those around town and there's open mics and stuff so there are some places and the kids that are really ambitious pretty much know where they all are they know yeah. what you know the, you know monday nights the blues can and this night's the, and then and then they go and they're and they're busy because i noticed one thing at the blues it was always the same kids right so those same half dozen bands that are just wanting to get stage time and practice they all come and we all you know jam together and they get to, to know each other and um so so there's a community there for sure that's yeah. that's being built yeah, no, that's awesome, and I again, it's 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 just giving them the opportunity because like one of the things you do find out when you do, you know, get out there is like networking is super important oh, yeah. as well, and oh, just yeah. like just having those opportunities to connect with their fellow musicians at that young age is I think another just like kind of invaluable thing that's happening. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They make great friends, and then they start to cross pollinate. You know, so and so's got a band, and oh, we just lost our drummer. Hey, you want to come and? hang with us and i've seen kids play in multiple bands at that youth festival there was kids that were you know i, I would see a kid play on stage and then another band two hours later would play and i say hey you look familiar yeah i was in that band earlier now i'm in this band it's like they yeah they should yeah for sure there's a lot of that going on yeah. and studio bell does some things too for youth they, they have their own you know um you know they put bands together and they do a lot of that they're really trying to to do that as well so even within school of rock we we're, we're trying to build a really solid community because there's a ton of value in like getting kids together and getting them playing together and seeing one another in that whole ecosystem within school of rock. We're really trying to do that too, where other school of rocks get together and play. You know how I sort of said the cross Canada tour, well school of rock corporate and there's 240 locations worldwide and almost 40,000 students worldwide wow. in the entire, we, we converge on Summerfest every year, which is in the, in the summer in Milwaukee. It's the largest music festival in the world because it goes over multiple weeks. Um, and School of Rock has an entire stage for three straight days oh, and wow. over um, 80 School of Rocks from all over the world come together and play. So you can imagine that kind of culture and that kind of, you know, camaraderie that exists. And there's huge value in, I think, getting like, so our house band, for example, getting them to play with other School of Rock house bands from not just in Canada, but like last year we went down to Seattle and there were six bands from California that came up. And just for them to see others, right? You know, yeah. and, you know, not compare, not on a competitive way, but just go, wow, those guys were good. We got to try this. My instructor learned so much by watching these other bands, and the kids learned so much. And actually, after they watch other kids perform, their level goes up, right? They just they just feed off of each other. They get inspired. 
you know, and the next time they play, like they'll they'll watch one night and perform, and then inevitably the next night they perform, it's better because mm-hmm. just you know everybody's just you know pumped and really excited, and they see others and they learn from each other, and so there there's a whole other community amongst the schools, even within School of Rock, and School of Rock really promotes trying to get you know tourists going and other schools playing with each other and and that kind of thing. So it's a neat community as well uh, within and worldwide really because. There's schools from Australia, South Africa, um, you know, Brazil, Mexico, and they uh, and Canada, obviously. And we all try to get together as much as we can somewhere. You know, we all meet at some big festival, which is Summerfest. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I said, there's huge value in that: the social value, the learning value, the camaraderie, and the community and the friendships that exist when we do that kind of thing. It's really, really important and, and a valuable, uh, you know, lesson for the kids when they get to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's not just like now it's not just commu- creating communities in Calgary, but like worldwide. You, you yeah, know, you're making those connections worldwide, and uh, you get to experience what kids in other part parts of the world, what kind of music they're making. Even like, yeah, that's, yeah. Like I feel like that's an invaluable experience again. <laughs> and that's yeah, and that's really interesting. And again, I think just because of the growth of the movement, youth music, and School of Rock, and how how it's grown across the world a new area that we're really starting to get into is this whole idea of you know as as being you know creators of music right so we have a whole curriculum we have camps around songwriting right so so the other aspect of of our music education is not just the performance side of it it's the it's the songwriting and recording side of it right again the other aspect of being a real professional musician you got to compose your own music so so we have like i said we have a camp where they actually write and record their own original song in a week we get we get kids together we've gone to several recording studios where they've had to experience that process of recording live and and then we're taking it to the third level with our house band next year where they're going to write and record and perform an original song and that's will be one of the songs that we put in rotation so it's not all about just pumping out cover songs all the time right we are starting to and, and the kids are ready right you know as we evolve as a school these kids you know these young kids that i said that have their own bands and some of their own original bands and are already starting to write their own music this is a whole other area that we're going into we actually had a songwriting contest within school of rock where the winners actually got to go down and and write and record in la with like a real record label and stuff so um you know we're starting to sort of be recognized in the music industry as legitimate you know artists that can really contribute to you know, new music going forward. Um, so that's a whole other new area that we're just sort of scratching the surface with that I think will open up a huge amount of new opportunities for kids too, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was actually going to ask, is it, you know, do you teach songwriting and like yeah, structure just like starting that? To. And that's awesome. Just starting to. Because again, you know, these kids that are so proficient on their instruments, I mean, we have kids that play multiple instruments, you know. Mm-hmm. You never master an instrument, but where you get to a point where you're proficient enough that you can literally go home, hear a song and play it the next day. I mean, to me, that's pretty proficient and, and most of our house band kids can do that. So they need a different challenge, something new. Okay, I can play that. I can go home and listen to it, play it and perform it. Like that's a been doing that you know most of their life i mean these are young kids but most of their lives so they've got that down so what's the next evolution in their you know in their journey their musical journey and what's the next step for them musically and that is to start writing and recording original you know original content so yeah we are going that direction and school of rock recognized it that there was a need for it and that the kids were ready for it 
and now it's just how do we fit it into everything else that we do and make it part of our curriculum, which we are now doing. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. And again, we have instructors that do that, right? I mean, the, the instructors that teach songwritings, these are, you know, instructors that have real bands, real, you know, music that they're developing that have recorded. So we have lots of songwriters within our teacher community. So yeah. for them, it's just another thing to offer the students, which they already have experience doing. I mean, most of our instructors have written and recorded their own songs and they're out there, you know, still performing them live and so on. So it's not like I had to go out and find a songwriting instructor, right? The, the, all of my instructors do that now and have been doing that their entire lives. So it's an easy sort of next step in what we do as a school. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, so what, I guess, what is like some of the challenges you guys may face? I know we probably touched on them a little bit, but I mean, I guess in general, you know, like I, I look at my school and stuff and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a youth activity, right? Hmm. And like anything, life sometimes gets in the way, right? I mean, as much as these kids are super focused and dedicated and music is their life, at some point they get to 16, 17, 18, you know, they get their driver's license, you know, I got to go get a part-time job. I got to, you know, focus on my studies because I got to get into university and life kind of gets in the way. And it's unfortunate when you see, see, I mean, I get it. I have kids, I have a daughter that's graduating and going on university. So I get it. Priorities change as you, as you mature, but it's just unfortunate to see some of these kids that were super dedicated, super focused. This was their life. And all of a sudden they got to like hang up the guitar. It's like, you know, priority, I'm, you know, I'm or I take on another activity, you know, on different. So to me, it's just that balance, right? Is finding time to do what you love and still, you know, allowing time for everything else in life that you have to do. So um, I just find that, I mean, from, from a student perspective, that is the challenge is, is how, you know, can they keep it going? Can they keep it going till they're 18 and beyond, right? Mm. And sometimes they don't necessarily stop forever. They're just, you know, like a perfect example is um, our all-star. We had a, a, a girl in our school that played keys and guitar, and she was an all-star two years in a row at School of Rock great student, you know, set a great example. I mean, she was at the highest level you can get at School of Rock. And then she graduated and went on to university. And now she doesn't play anymore. I mean, she might be trying to get her own band going, but she basically said, I got to hang up the guitar for now and uh -huh. focus on her studies, right? Which is a shame because she's such a lovely person and a great musician. And I'm sure eventually she'll pick it up again. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things where... You know, she's starting her first year university. She needs to focus on her studies. She can't be in a band anymore. Like once they graduate out, they can come back because we have adult band, right? And we're going to start alumni band. So it's not like we're kicking her out the door and saying, you know, good luck, find something else. We, we always have opportunities for these kids to come back. But yeah. she just got to a point where she said, um, you know, I'm busy. Um, I've got to focus on other things, which is completely understandable. But it's just unfortunate when these kids are so good and so, you know, um, like loving it so much and that they have to kind of hang it up for other things but that's life right i mean that happens in the real world with real musicians too right oh i have, yeah. have a baby or i've got uh, you know a full-time job or life life gets in the way and it just makes it challenging for some of these kids especially as they get into high school there's a lot of pressure right a lot of pressure on teens you know this got to keep their marks up they gotta you know and they're also in like i said in school bands and other things and the pressure's a lot this you know school of rock supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be you know a way they can kind of you know Hide, I guess not hide, but you know, kind of forget about the day they grind for a while and have some fun playing music. But it just becomes another thing that they have to worry about and a scheduling thing. And parents, you know, have to get them there. And so, um, once in a while, the decision's made that you know we can't continue anymore. We're, we're busy with other things. So, you know, it's sad when a really awesome student um, leaves. But 
but um, you know, it is what it is. So, so that's you know some of the challenges for us is just keeping keeping students uh, as long as we can so that they uh, continue on because you know they're they got lots of opportunity, right? So we hope they stick with it. Yeah, for sure. So, what what I guess are some of the parents' reactions then uh, to their kids in this program and stuff? I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's a not a grind, but it is work, right? Getting the kids ready for shows. You know, it's it's four months of lessons and rehearsals, and when lessons first start, it's a little bumpy at first, and new kids coming in, they don't really understand how things work. We gotta get them acclimated, but but the show is kind of a culmination of all their hard work on stage. We kind of get to celebrate what an awesome year it was, and the kids get to show off, because sometimes the parents don't see what's happening, right? They might drop their kid off at the door. They don't necessarily come in and watch or listen, right? So they don't, and, and like I said, early in a season, it might not sound that good, but man, we get them there for sure. So it's it, our shows are like, they're a spectacle. They're a celebration of all these kids hard work and you know ta-da look at me right it's it's really exciting and it like i said it's super exciting for the parents that have never seen their kid on stage before right yeah and parents are amazed at how far we can get them in such a short period of time like like uh you know our our um middle age program is called rock 101 so that's kids aged 8 to 12 and it is considered a beginner program so an eight-year-old could walk in the door never having picked up a guitar before and in four months, they're going to be on stage playing songs live, no backing track, the real song. And parents kind of can't wrap their head around, how is that even possible? Or how can my kid even be in a band when they don't know how to play a guitar? Well, yeah. that's what we do. We make it happen. <laughs> and even more remarkable is we do it in a week because we'll have summer camps, right? We'll have 18 to 20 kids in a camp. You know, we have three rehearsal rooms, so we split them up by age and skill level, but we want the right instrument mix. And we'll have one band that's our youngest age band, and they're usually beginners. And by Friday afternoon, they're playing at the blues camp. And again, parents cannot, how did you do that with my kid in virtually four days? Because, you know, the first day is get to know each other, figure out the songs, get the bands going. So the first day, you know, get to know each other. We don't do a whole lot on the first day. And by Friday afternoon, noon, we're kind of done. We have pizza, we load up the van and we go to the venue. So it's literally four days that we get kids. I mean, the, the older age kids come in, they've already got some skill and they probably already know some of the songs that we're going to do so they can hit the ground running. But the younger age kids, yeah. So parents go absolutely nuts. They can't believe it. Oh my God. Or my kid was really shy. I never thought they'd get on stage. I had one parent at a camp who's, um, he's, he was an older, in our older age group, I think he was 15 or 16, but a real shy kid and, and signed up for the camp to do bass. But we needed him to sing, right? got up on the mic and just killed it. It was just absolutely amazing. His dad came up to me after and said, I cannot believe you got him to sing. He's the quietest kid, the shyest kid. And he was amazing, like just blew everybody away. So just that reaction is just unbelievable. And, you know, and the cameras are out and the you know parents are just, they're smitten. They just love it. It's the greatest thing. Those School of Rock shows are just amazing for a lot of reasons. Just the talent that's on display, but just the parents and... Like I said, we bring big crowds, you know. Everybody wants to come and see these things now, you know. Parents, aunts, uncles, kids are out selling tickets, so they get their schoolmates out, and it's a, it's a pretty big pretty big spectacle, and everybody just loves it. Awesome. Do you, do you guys work with, like, any, any of the schools around Calgary, or is it all just kind of, like, people finding you themselves? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, because I mean that's our that's our audience, right? Is school age kids, right? So we try to do as much as we can. Um, I we actually had our program in in uh, West Spring School Middle School. My my son goes there, and we live up in that area. So I coach the team, and I have a pretty good relationship with some of the teachers and the principal. 
and and he actually allowed us to bring our school of rock program into their school which is a pretty unique situation it doesn't happen all the time and we were lucky to get it but it took us like three years to get it so so yeah absolutely we're approaching schools all the time and saying hey we'd love to get involved in what you do can we you know uh put on a concert like we've done some other things where we come and you know like their end of school year we'll come and play a concert for them um but but the the after school program that we got to do was yeah because they they they're done at um, twelve twenty on Fridays and they always bring like third party companies to come in and you know work with with you know an after school program they have had self defense company you know they've had um, you know artists and residents come in and stuff and um, after talking quite a bit he's like hey why doesn't School of Rock come so we actually were in their music room at their school we brought our instructors we brought our gear they had some of the gear they had you know a PA and mics and and drum kits. We just had to bring some amps and a few extra guitars. We had a dozen kids. Um, we did six weeks of, of class. And then on the final day, we did a show. We invited oh. the parents to come and check it out. So that's fully integrated into the school. And I would love to get more of those. But otherwise, it's, it's yeah, there's a school that's just kitty corner for us. We played at their pancake breakfast. So the, the more, yeah, we, I'd love to get more involved. You know, and that's the other opportunity too is, you know, uh, budget cuts. In, in the school systems, teachers getting laid off. You know, unfortunately, most of the programs that get cut first are the arts funding programs, right? So art, music. So there are some schools that don't even have music programs anymore. Mm. So we'd love to be your music program. We'd love to come in there. We'd love to, we have, you know, obviously talented musicians. And the other thing that's great about that is we'll do it during the school hour, right? Because our, our program is after school, right? So our, so it gives our instructors an opportunity to get more hours, more teaching time, working during the day, right? Yeah. Teaching. So, yeah, we'd love to get more with schools. I mean, we believe there's an opportunity there. We think there's a need again. It's just getting in there, right? you got to kind of know somebody and really need the principal's blessing that they want to be part of it. And so we've had some success. And um, I'd love to do a lot more in schools if the opportunity was there. Cool. So, so I guess what, what can the Calgary music scene do to help School of Rock? You know, again, these kids are super talented. They're super ambitious. All they want to do is play as many places and as many times as possible with other kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, open up your venues. And, and we want, you know, as much as possible, a real, you know, rock music venue experience right we don't want to play in the corner of some restaurant or something right that if it, we want venues that are set up for bands that, that normally have live music going and just add you know add youth to, to your scheduling you know once a once a month have a youth day or an open jam or something where we invite bands to come out and play um you know larger music venues that have these 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 premier acts make them all ages right um you know, and just, and, and allow just, yeah, just allow more opportunities for kids to get up on stage and play. We, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's a movement and it's, it's a growing thing for the crowds. Like I said, when we put on these shows, not just School of Rock, but that youth music festival, we filled the place, you know, 300 seat uh, restaurant for the entire day. Yeah. Um, so we bring crowds, we bring people, like there's a business reason why you should be doing it. You know, it's not, it, there's a music reason, obviously to, to grow you know, youth, youth music, but there's also a business reason why you should consider it. Um, you know, there's just, and for, for a lot of venues, this is why we don't have the license or we're not going to get the license. And the biggest hurdle for us, and as soon as I walk into a venue, I can tell you right now if they're going to allow kids, is a VLTs. Okay. You know, so there's the licensing is any venue that has VLTs, no kids, never, anytime. So, you know, we avoid those, obviously, but there are some venues that kind of make the decision that they've, they haven't gone out and pursued that. 
you know, I don't know what the cost is, but, and even on a, on a limited basis, right? Till nine. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the cost would be to get an extra license to allow kids till nine o'clock, but I think there's a compelling business reason why they should. Then we will come and do a show at your venue and yeah. we'll fill the place. You'll make lots of money on, you know, food and drink for our, our crowds. And if it goes well and it's a good venue and you support us, we'll keep coming back. You know, I don't want to just bounce around a, a million different venues. I'd love to find a venue that's the right size. Like the Trapping Guild was perfect because it was the right size. They had a nice stage. You know, they were very, very supportive and welcoming. We did quite a few shows there. We did all our camp shows there. We had several and the South School because it's kind of between both schools location-wise. They did a bunch of school shows there. And it was the ideal sort of venue where we were continuing to give them business. And unfortunately, you know, they couldn't they couldn't make a go of it. Um, so I hope there's more of those kind of venues that, that, that come around or if they're already out there, we'll open their doors to, to more kids to play. Yeah, for sure. So what's your personal favorite thing about being involved with School of Rock? Well, I mean, I was obviously lucky enough that, you know, and, and again, part of the reason why I wanted to get into this is I have kids, right? So mm -hmm. both my kids were involved. And again, this is part of that story about kids getting too busy and not being able to do it. My son and my daughter were both in the school at one time. I have a 14 year old son and a 17 year old daughter. They were both in our house band. So they were like the, you know, the all-star kids. My son played bass, my daughter sang. Um, and then my son, he's an athlete too. So he just got too busy. He plays two sports. So he had to leave, but just but when it first opened, um, just the, you know, just, it was a family business, you know, it was, my kids were involved. My daughter is now teaching at the school. Oh, so nice. it's it's really been a family business for me and my, with watching my kids flourish in that environment. So I can tell you firsthand as a parent what it's done for my child and, and their confidence and so on. So just seeing that and being part of that for my own kids, but obviously everybody else's kids, right? So just just the, the, the parents' reactions, how happy they are, how much they love what we do. You know, how much they love to see their kid up there. So just being able to, you know, really changing lives in some cases. Some of these kids that come in that, you know, they're not sports kids. They're kind of a bit of an outcast. You know, they don't have a lot of friends. All they do is sit in their basement and, you know, play guitar because that's what they love. But they've never had an opportunity to really get out there. So, you know, our school is like a community. It's like a clubhouse where kids can hang out. And they, the minute they walk in the door, they have something in common. We all like the same kind of music, right? So... Mm -hmm. So there's just that genuine sort of camaraderie. So I, it's just such a, a great environment. Every, instructors love it, you know, so it's not often you can work at a place where everybody that works there loves what they do, loves the kids, you know. It's just a really happy and positive environment. Um, you know, the kids are super stoked to come every day. Um, and yeah, it's just an overall great vibe being at the school. But then what we're what we're actually doing, what the you know the difference we're making, and you see that on stage. That's just the the biggest reward for me ever. Like when I first you know was introduced to School of Rock again, I saw the All Stars. So I saw the School of Rock All Stars in Chicago, and they absolutely blew my mind. And, and this is before I had my own school, and I thought if I could come even anywhere close to this, developing kids to be that good and that confident on stage then I've, I've done it. I've made it, you know, I've, I've been successful and we've done that and more in, you know, in what we've been able to accomplish at the school. So it's like, wow, this, this actually happened and it's a real thing and it's, it keeps growing. So yeah, I'm super proud of the work we've done and all the kids and, and the parents are super supportive. So that's not one thing. It's a lot of things, <laughs> but it's just, it's just such a neat, you know, a, a neat environment to be part of. And like I said, just to see the kids grow and change and develop and, and the amazing things they're doing, like mu musically, you know, just uh, they in impress me every day how, how far they can take it. 
Yeah. And it's it's it sounds like what School of Rock is doing is it's basically just building a community. It's giving a kid these kids a place where they, you know, f- they fit in, they belong, and like that's what Absolutely. the music that's what the music scene in general does for all the outcasts out there mm-hmm. too. You know, so it's cool to see that. School of Rock is just kind of an extension of that for today's youth, which is, it's really cool to see. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, and allowing them to, you know, take music seriously if they want, and really, you know, maybe this is a career for some, some kids, right? So mm. it's kind of another uh, different extracurricular than what, you know, has been provided in the past. You know, it used to be kind of sports and school band, and it's something completely different that can open up so many doors for them. You know, outside of, you know, outside of what they normally, normally would do. I know for a fact, a lot of these kids want to be in bands. I mean, that's their goal. You know, they want to be professional musicians. They want to write their own music. They want to. So we've given them that opportunity to really explore that at a really young age and, and start to see that as a real opportunity for them. And uh, yeah, so we're, you know, we're hopefully creating some career musicians. Awesome. Um, So I guess, is there just kind of any... Any final things you would like to say before we kind of close this out? No, just, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to come here to talk about this. Um, you know, when anybody asks kind of what we do or if they say, hey, does School of Rock want to get involved? You know, hey, do you want to sponsor this event or do you want to set up a booth or whatever? You know, what I say is, you know, I can handle brochures or I could have a booth with our sign, but you got to see these kids. You got to see them on stage. That I mean, that really, you know, tells the story of what we do and, 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 and the net result of what we're, we're, we're able to accomplish. So, um, you know, you just got to see these kids. Um, so any chance I get to sort of showcase them, you know, that's what the house band's all about. Take the best kids that have the most ambition and and then put on the best show to get them out in the community as much as we can. So it's just one of those things. And again, I'm not just toting, you know, school of rock bands. There's a ton of great youth bands out there that have, you know, um, gone, come a long way without ever going to school of rock. Um, so there's just, there's just a ton of good music out there, a ton of young, talented kids in Calgary. I'm amazed. Like I said, when we put on these youth festivals and we were part of the songwriting, um, competition that they had, um, uh, as well and just these talented young kids and the music that they're producing and there's a ton of great talent out there so just support it you know go see it open up your venue um for more opportunity for these kids and just you know celebrate it because it's it's really exciting to see all genres too um exciting to see how much talented youth there is out there and i just you know i hope it continues to grow and the you know calgary music scene supports it and we can just have a place for all these talented kids that they can you know continue to to pursue their dreams yeah no i i definitely agree i think it's really important and i think it's really awesome uh the work that you guys do and getting the chance to talk to you and find out more about it makes me even makes me appreciate it even more honestly my job's done yeah (laughs) um i'll have all the you know social media links in the episode notes so that if anybody would like to check you guys out it's really easy to do so uh they can just go on the episode notes and yeah check it out i highly recommend that you do uh thank you very much for being on the podcast thank you i appreciate the opportunity yeah If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. 
For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.